0: Do you want to build your brand by being a guest on industry-leading podcasts? If you're a business leader, an author, or a speaker, my guess is that you do. Picture this. You, a dynamic executive easily connecting with engaged audiences, turbocharging your top-of-funnel marketing, and creating a treasure trove of content with every episode. Podcasting is a game-changer that you've been waiting for. And PodcastAlly.com is your VIP ticket to podcast PR success. Say goodbye to the ordinary and hello to the extraordinary exposure. Let the Podcast Ally team connect you with the best-in-class podcast for you to be a guest on. Head over to PodcastAlly.com and use the promo code DT for a 10% discount on Podcast Ally services. That's PodcastAlly.com, promo code DT. Welcome to High Octane Leadership with Donald Thompson. This season, we're diving deeper with more solo episodes where I'll share the experiences that have led to recognition by EY, Forbes, Fast Company, and others. Not as a boast, but as milestones on my entrepreneurial path. From growing multimillion dollar firms to successful business exits and building high performance teams with a global perspective. I'll reveal the insights and strategies from my journey and share them with you so that we can win together. Alongside these solo episodes, we'll have industry visionaries and thought leaders who will explore effective leadership. Ready to empower your leadership journey with real success stories? Let's embark on this transformational journey together. In this episode, I'm joined by Jason Gilliken, CEO of EarFluence and Podcast Ally. EarFluence is a full-service B2B podcast production company that helps businesses and thought leaders build brands through their podcasts. Their audio and video podcasts serve as a top of funnel marketing for clients, leading to repurposed content and business development tools. Podcast Ally, a concierge level podcast guesting service, provides podcast PR and guest bookings.
1: Jason, thanks for joining me. Don, thanks so much for having me on the podcast again. Today we're gonna talk about another book, this one's called selling to veto, very important top officer, and we're going to think about how do we craft the conversation with executives and selling to the C-suite. So, what's happening, Don?
0: Hey, what's going on, Jason? Good to chat with you as always. And you know, one of the things that you know I think about my career in business, um, both as a sales professional um, on the technology side, marketing side, now the DEI and culture side. At the end of the day, you have to be excellent at business development, right, to start a business, to, to really be instrumental as a leader or entrepreneur to get from that zero to that first million dollars in revenue, which is the toughest part, right? Um, because you don't know what's going to work, what's not. You don't really have credibility in the marketplace yet, things of that nature. So one of the things that's important uh, that I try to convey to folks that I'm working with and mentoring is how do you communicate with the C-suite. So that very important top officer, veto, right? Because depending on what type of product you're selling, right? You might be selling to the chief human resource officer. You might be selling something to the CMO. If you're in marketing technology, you might be selling if you're selling financial products to the CFO. So this is really that very important top officer in the domain, right? That your business exists to sell and create value. And one of the things that I figured out early on in my career Typically, if you talk to somebody and you say, who's the decision maker? And they say, it's me, they're (laughs) lying. (laughs) It's not true, (laughs) right? Usually the the person that says, you know what? I I really like to collaborate things with my team, get lots of input. That's usually the person that's the decider. But anyway, when you're talking about selling to that very important top officer, the C-suite, if you will, leaders, entrepreneurs, here's one thing that'll jump off the, the, the podcast. You don't sell to them. I was talking to a business leader today that's a client of ours at the diversity movement. And we did a good job on a very small initial project, right? And this is about a 300 person company. Uh, they were recently acquired, doing well, all this good stuff. And so I had a 15, 20 minute meeting with the CEO. And I didn't talk to him about all the different additional products that they could buy. I wanted to understand what things he as a leader values in working with partners. I wanted to understand how our team delivered on small project number one. Had he ever heard of it? Was he involved? Right? Would he bring us back again to do that same kind of work because we did it well the first time? I asked questions about his view on the business landscape in our environment. We just had a good general introductory question. And then he asked me some questions about starting the diversity movement in our business. And what we did in that first meeting was not me trying to sell him something. It was me trying to get to know him well enough that he'll take my call again in the future when it is time to discuss a business transaction. Number one, number two It was to give him comfort enough that if in his circle, he ran across people that could use our services, he would consider recommending us. And then number three was to check on that um, delivery that we talked about and see if there were any, number three, see if there's any problems that he was having that he might just want an alternative perspective, CEO to CEO right in the business space, the leadership development space, the culture space. A lot of mistakes especially young professionals try to do is we grew up in a mindset of always be closing. Right? Like that was that was what was taught 30 years ago, 20 years ago in sales. Well, here's what I already knew that this CEO did before we ever had this 30-minute call. Checked out my LinkedIn, googled me, Talk to his internal team about us and our projects. So you know what I didn't have to do? Try to sell myself. Most rookie salespeople don't understand the mind of executives. Well, here's one nugget. Executives don't go into meetings unprepared. So true. Yep. They don't do it. They hate being blindsided. They want to know why they're meeting with somebody, what's the purpose, even if the purpose is introduced, but they want to know the reason why and what are they going to get of business value from that. So since I already know there's going to be a certain level of preparation, I don't have to go in and talk about I'm the 2023 Entrepreneur of the Year for the Southeast and our business has grown from zero to hundred customers and sound <laughs> like an idiot, right? Do you know what I mean? To this guy, right? They took the meeting because there could be value. So what I did was I took the opportunity to introduce that person to me a little bit as as an individual, but find out about them, how they make decisions, what makes them tick and what are some of the things they are learning to be successful in this new marketplace. I was curious, right? So I was setting up that next meeting for a meeting in the following and the, and here's a super, Oh my gosh, if I knew this earlier, but I know it now I'm thankful. Most senior leaders do not take big decisions without their team. They hire their team for a reason. So if you're trying to get that CEO to decide and overrule somebody on their team in marketing, for marketing technology, in finance, for accounting software, they're not going to do it naturally. So what I want to understand from that conversation with the CEO is how does Mm -hmm. your team make decisions?
1: That's a great question. So back when I was a young salesperson, you know, knocking on doors, doing cold calling, I could never understand how somebody just didn't have the time to consider something that was a a great deal that that was awesome. And it's only until recently that I finally get it that people can only that executives can only focus on two, three things, and then they've got to be laser-focused on those, and they can't factor in everything else. I remember in uh, the early days of EarFluence, I really wanted to work with uh, 6AM City, which is a a newsletter um, in about 24 different markets, and I thought a daily podcast would be awesome for all these markets. And I had a conversation with Ryan, the CEO, and he was like, this sounds awesome, but it's not something that we're going to do right now because it is not part of our strategic initiatives. And I was just so confused by that. You know, you talked to me about this and it said, he's right. That's smart. Um, and I, I was still confused by it. Now I'm starting to get it. You know, time is super valuable. You've got to be laser focused on these certain things that you're, that you're focused on as you're selling how do you think about that where, where a CEO or anybody in the C-suite is just super busy mm. and can only focus on a certain amount of things?
0: Most companies of any size or scale. So if you're selling to enterprise companies or even mid-market companies, 50 million, hundred million dollars, or if they're smaller than that, just ask them, what are their strategic priorities? And when you, un- when they answer that question, you'll know whether your product or service aligns with those priorities or not. They will. You'll have that discussion. And stop selling to people who don't want what you have. Trying to convince the wrong prospect is keeping you from closing three good ones. And so I had to understand that sometimes conversations weren't meant to be purchase orders now, deals now. They were meant to be relationships to be developed over time. Put that in that stack. And then I started chasing people who had a prioritization and need, a point of pain, right, for what I was delivering today. And my goal with that C-suite, again, because of knowing the process of how senior leaders decide, is usually the person that's going to have to implement what you sell has the highest degree of influence with the CEO. Right? I'll give an example. Um, so at uh, Walk West, I'm, on, I'm the board chair of Walk West, which is a boutique digital uh, marketing agency, award winning, growing. Uh, Abba Bowers is uh, doing a great job as CEO. And one of the things that's really important when you think about kind of business and landscape is when you're talking to somebody about marketing and building a brand, building a website, all these different things. Well, they don't care about that at the same time they're laying off a thousand people. Yeah. They usually care about building a brand, building a website, right? When they're in growth mode, when they're entering a new market, when they've got a new product that they want to launch, when they've got something that they're proud of that they want to push, right? If they're they're struggling financially and pulling dollars in, that's not usually the right timing. Number one. And then number two. I'm talking to the CEO about it. Well, he hired a CMO for a reason, right? Unless that CEO, unless she's unhappy with the CMO that she chose, what I want is an introduction to the CMO. A lot of times what we have to remember is what do we want from that meeting? And here's the thing I'll do is I'll tell the leader. I'll say, listen. I know that most likely you really trust your people. So I'm not going to try to sell you on all the things we should do together. What I want to do is establish enough credibility with you in the marketplace that you put me with the right people on your team that you listen to, and I can dig into the details with them. That CEO on the other end is like, oh man, that sounds great. We have the introductory meeting, ask a few questions. You know what, Don, what you described is really compelling. I think Julie in our HR department, I think Julie, uh, our CMO, right, would really enjoy this conversation. Well, uh, Mr. CEO, Mrs. CEO, what should I do next? Should I call them directly or would you be so kind as to do an introduction? How should we proceed? Don, if you would send me a one pager or a summary email that kind of outlines what we discussed, I'll forward it to Julie on your behalf. I'll take a step back And let you all continue the conversation. Let me tell you how powerful that is. If you can get a CEO to recommend a discussion with someone on their team, that person is going to take a meeting with you. And they're going to listen to you. Now, you can still mess it up, right, based on your behavior, how you pitch, how all that stuff. But you're going to have an audience for that 25, 30 minutes.
1: Yep.
0: Right. The the other thing that I do when I'm working with leaders is, let's say I get 45 minutes on the calendar, hour on the calendar, 30 minutes on the calendar. Opening thing, we have 30 minutes scheduled. Is that still good on your calendar or do you have other things that are popping? Now, here's why. I don't want to talk to somebody that's thinking about other stuff. So a lot of times leaders, because when you ask a leader a question, they will answer you by and large honestly, right? Right. And I I've, I've had a couple of people go Don, Man, thank you for asking. If there's any way we could just reschedule this for a couple of weeks from now. I just got some crazy fires that I'm just really not engaged in this. Yo, man. John, thank you. I, do I get with your secretary? Do I do this? No, I'll do that. I'm moving this. I will get back with you. I will tell my assistant to get back with you, but thank you. Right? And and we move the meeting. I don't want to talk to somebody did doesn't want to talk to me? I mean, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I'm not. I might say their name. I might not. But I am a good public speaker. I am a good communicator. I am really smart. I had one of the worst meetings of all time with a billion dollar company. I, I work <laughs> hard. I'm still pissed off about this. By the way, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm. I can I'm, tell. I'm still kind of pissed off. So I go to this meeting, and and they pay me. They're going to pay me five thousand dollars to do a DEI industry briefing for their executive team. It might have even been t- like it was, but it didn't matter because I was getting to talk DEI with the entire executive team, billion dollar company. Okay, they're having their offsite meetings. What I didn't know was they're about to lay off two thousand people. And my awesome. session was right after the meeting on cuts. Oh my God. Are you, beep, beep, beep. Are you blank and kidding me? What? So I'm having this meeting, right? And I'm like, I'm, I'm kicking. I'm like, this is why DEI strategic business and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm killing it, Jason. Oh, and I'm like, and I'm looking at the people on the zoom and I'm like, this is going bad. Like, this is bad. like, Right, and so I go to the meeting, and long and short, man, it it didn't it didn't go good. Here's my advice, right, to emerging business leaders: if you're working your tail off to get a C-suite meeting, make sure you know what's before and after. Hmm. And that means make sure you have a good relationship with the admin, executive assistant, project manager, because that's your thirty minutes. And here's the thing that they owe you. If they have you on the calendar for 30 minutes, they've agreed to give you your attention for that period of time, right? As long as you're a good steward of that time, there's nothing wrong with asking that CEO or that C-suite's admin, hey, is there anything before or after this meeting that's going to get them a little squirrely? Because I want the best time to meet with them. And I've had assistants over time going, you know what, Don? Huh. I bet if we had this meeting on Thursday, it'd be better for you. But by asking the question, you get insight from the team, right? The final thing that I will tell not final thing, but one of the things I'll tell you with business leaders and selling to CEOs, and, and that's the reason I said crafting the conversation with executives, is when I chat with business leaders, I ask them very early on in the conversation, what's a win for them from this meeting? Right? What are you trying to accomplish in this meeting? You said yes to this meeting for a reason. And I want to make sure that you get great value from this meeting. Yeah. Whether we're going to do business now or five years from now, I want you to get really good value. And leaders will tell you what's on their mind. Hey, these are the two problems I'm having um, within my team that I'm looking for you to solve and, and love to hear about these two things. And I don't do a long build up, I get to it. Another nugget if you have to go through slides, which is fine. Send them in advance. Hmm. Executives do their homework. And if they don't do their homework, it is a barometer of the level of interest in what you're talking about. And you need to know that either way. So then you can start the meeting and say, John, listen, I know you are swamped, but did you get a chance to to look through the, the four or five slides that I sent? Oh, yeah, Don, thank you so much. I've got a good gist of your company, different things. Okay, great. Since you were able to look through it, what are kind of the two or three key points you'd really like to dig into? They'll tell you. Or another good thing that has happened, I mean a lot, by sending the slides in advance, executive looked at the slides, the overview. Don, I hope you don't mind, but I invited Carol and John because I want them to hear this at the same time I do. This is really interesting. Now you're thinking about how to how to win, right? A, if they don't read it, I know their commitment is as high. I can go through a quick overview, whatever, and then they've already had the follow-up stuff. B, they do read it, like what they see, add two other people to the meeting, and then usually I'm talking to the people that will decide. Right. And so these are things that are things I've learned over the years. Another thing is this. Oh, man. So I was going to Boston. And company's name is PTC. The executive's name is Brian Shepard. So, Brian, if you're hearing this, you're the man and appreciate all the business we did together at PTC over the years. He was the general manager of the windshield business unit, the technical business unit we're selling to. I fly up there with Brian and five other executives. I have one hour for a presentation on our program with this company. One hour with like six executives, billion-dollar business. But Brian is the top executive in this meeting. Brian is – I need him in this meeting. He rolls in the meeting and goes, Don, my apologies. I only have 20 minutes. You had better know your content where you can condense an hour a 45 minute presentation into 15 minutes on the fly because he was the audience of one everyone else was going to weigh in for sure but in this moment in this budget he was the decider and then everyone else could could really just slow it down or not in this scenario but I was able to do this another example in selling to executives I was in Germany I got an hour with the sales leaders of a tech company for all of EMEA so each one of the countries had a sales leader so me and my sales engineer get here we set up and we for whatever reason we don't have the right cord for the projector to the laptop of of that's run in the presentation Got one hour. There's there's no do over with this group. This is the hour you have. Because I had memorized the presentation, I just started. My sales engineer Lewis Kennebrew, who we should put in the show notes, maybe that Lewis Kennebrew got it figured out. Worked with one of the admins, got the right cord, and 15 minutes in, got the slides rolling and hit the exact point I was talking. Bam, 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 bam. Kept nice. Away. But as a sales professional, one of the things that my mentor, Grant Willard, taught me is be prepared. You can control your level of preparation. You can control how well you know your material. And those are just a couple of fun stories that weren't fun in the moment. But because <laughs> I was prepared, I was able to, to do it. The other thing that is really important to think about with selling the C-suite is honesty rises at the level of the title you're speaking to because they're too busy. The beautiful thing about selling high is if they're interested, they'll tell you yes. If they're not, they'll tell you go pound sand, don't care. And that feels rude. It feels too direct. It feels like you don't matter. But wouldn't you really want to know if you didn't have a chance of winning in 30 minutes first 30 phone calls? Middle management people are like, oh, oh, tell me more. Your technology is so interesting. Oh, wow. And here's the reason they'll do that. Number one, you as a sales professional are a great source of intel of what's going on in the market. So they're using you for free consulting. Number one. Number two, they're bored. And taking a meeting with you sounds like work, looks like work. So they'll listen to you all day. Three, they're hungry, and you got an expense account, and you're buying them food and something to drink, so they're good together for. None of those three things are helping you win, <laughs> right? So what I try to do is not look at a function of time that I get with somebody, but a function of what I need to accomplish in that meeting. Sometimes it's 15 minutes, sometimes it is an hour, sometimes it's 20 minutes to really qualify whether or not they can help me get to the next step.
1: So much great advice from there. Uh, I want to double click on one thing that you said about the four or five slides. And one thing that I've noticed is it cannot be more than that. If you flood any executive with too much information, it is going to be overwhelming and there's no shot that they're going to read it. Has that been your experience as well?
0: Here's the thing I'm going to tell you about length of content. Everything you're doing should have an executive summary. Something in one slide that rounds out all the ideas, because sometimes you only get one slide. Then you have three or four slides that gives a little more context, right? A little more content. And then the beautiful thing is something called an appendix. And and the appendix is where you put all the stuff you wish you had time to talk about. And it's it's the five to seven slides that you can't get in there when you're condensing it. But it may have a good chart. It may have a good case study, X, Y, Z. The one slide, the executive is going to glance at, and it's going to give you permission to read the three or four. Now, here's the thing that we flip. I agree with you that it shouldn't be more than four slides, but the way you get more slides is if you break it up like that. Executive summary, three to four on the key points, and call it out. Appendix. It's all the stuff at the back. Now, if that leader gets interested in what you're doing, they'll go through every slide. And it's there. If they just want a quick highlight before you meet with them, they'll read the executive summary or they'll read the three or four. Give that leader the power of choice. And then here's the thing. I'm building the slide deck for the leader and for the five people they're going to forward it to. And if something is forwarded from the CEO to somebody on their team, they're going to read it all. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you've got it in there, you're going to answer a lot of questions that could uh, impact your sales process in a powerful way. But that's how I break up the the, the content.
1: Yeah, this is great. I, I appreciate the uh, the mentorship. This is a uh, you just asked me to to host a podcast or you know help help host a podcast, and all of a sudden I'm getting all this great advice. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I'm glad. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I want to ask you uh, one question on storytelling. So. Storytelling and selling to the C-suite can be powerful. Now, what you said is that an executive will typically already know who you are and your accolades because they've done the research on you. So how do you think about when they ask the question of, tell me about yourself or tell me how you started the diversity movement or things like that? How do you incorporate stories into that? So
0: again, Jason, a great question. I try to use stories about how we added value to clients like them. So even if someone says, hey, Don, tell me about the diversity movement. It's like, man, we really embarked on this adventure um, of linking diversity, equity, and inclusion to the business value right of organizations. So if you are a marketing organization, we want a DEI to help you grow market share. And so one of the things that we did as we were building the business is we wanted to think about a product-first organization so that people in businesses of all sizes could use what we do. We started the business by getting 10 clients and serving them well because we figured if we could get 10 clients with diverse sizes and scale and serve them well, then we might have a really legitimate business that's worthy of serving clients like you. My point is when I'm telling them the story of the diversity movement, I'm bringing them into the story. So I'm using examples of similar industries, similar organizational size, similar challenges that they may have that I'm aware of, right? So that my story right now resonates with them versus just a story of why I decided to start the diversity movement. Yep. So it's a subtle but, but important
1: point. Awesome. Last question I have for you. How do you think about follow-up when you're selling into the C-suite? Because these these people are very busy. Um, Sometimes you might not hear back for a week or two. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's not important. So how do you think about follow-ups?
0: So one of the things that I learned in selling in enterprise sales and technology sales, um, and I really like talking with very busy people because they're pretty straightforward. I ask them. I say, uh, you know, Jody, what kind of tempo are we on here? Right, and and I did this today. Like I have a, I had dinner with a um, uh, prospect and um, circled back and said, "Look, great time, great dinner. I want to talk some business here." And they came back and said, "Would love to chat, get some initial dialogue. but we're going through a handful of things corporately. So it's going to be about a month before this bubbles up as important. Beautiful.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Ask the biggest thing that that salespeople don't, that business development people that we don't do, is ask for the information you want. Right, and I do it with fun. Right, I'll be like John. I don't want to be a bill collector calling you every day. Like you like, I, when's it? When's the right time to follow up? And what's the what's the right next step for us here? And they'll tell you. And the beautiful thing about that is when I get people to set the ground rules for our next engagement, they've made a verbal contract with me. Right? They've said, let's get together towards the end of February. That works for me. Hey, is there anything I should send you in between now and February? Not right now, but about a week or two into February, get it back top of mind and send me that one page overview that you've got. And then I'm going to get you in the right place right within our organization. So I think if you ask people thoughtfully, right? Because the key with the overview and getting to know folks is they need to understand that you're busy and successful also. So we're two folks that are building businesses that need to be thoughtful of one another's time. Right? And so I give people that opportunity to do it. And and on the other hand, right, sometimes people say, "You know what, Don, I love what you're talking about. This just really isn't high on the priority list right now. So I'm not sure when we should connect. I like that just as much. Great. Yeah. Right. In fact, I'm searching for the no. Right. Like I tell people in my presentations, like, don't be afraid to let this conversation off the hook. Right. If it's not the right time, if we're not the right team, if we don't have the right technology.
1: Yeah. Even in the middle of the presentation, (laughs) like everybody's time is valuable. Well, Don, this has been fantastic. I've learned so much. Um, Anything else that you want to mention about selling to Vito?
0: Executives are people too. A lot of times we get enamored with titles. And so we tiptoe around folks like they're better than we are. They have a bigger title. They may lead more people. But they have the same fears and concerns. They want to do a good job for their boss. They want to make good decisions, not bad ones. They want to make decisions that make them look good. They want to work with people that are going to help reduce problems, not create new ones. Right? In in essence, executives want to work with people that help them make profitable decisions. And so, to the degree that you are that trusted advisor, you're going to have a long career of success selling to the C suite. And one of the things that I try to do with folks, and I did this today with a leader I was on the phone with, and I'm very blessed because I talk to, I don't know, 15, 10 to 15 CEOs a week, at least 10, um, is, I want to be someone that they can count on to give them high quality feedback. And so when I'm talking to executives, I'll say, listen, obviously, we're talking about an opportunity to partner together, to do business together, XYZ. I said, but if I can be helpful with you, for you, to you, if you run into a challenge and my skill set can be valuable to you, don't worry about paperwork, don't worry about cost. You worry about just giving me a call. And give me the opportunity to be helpful, and I know you'll do the same if given the chance. And that person's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." So just please remember, whether we end up doing business here or, 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 or not, with you knowing my skill set, the things that I'm good at, the people that are in my network, if I can be helpful, please let let me know. It's never hurt me to be helpful to other high quality professionals, and I mean that. Does that make sense? I'm not. Now it's not just a line. I'm telling. Like I mean that. It's never hurt me to be helpful to high-quality professionals like you. And the reason I say that is because when I when I let him him know, when I let her know, when I let them know, they're also, by default, not going to abuse my time because we're two high-quality professionals talking with each other. But I let it be known that I'm here to help them be successful and would love the opportunity to do it. And I think those kinds of things go a long way when you're out in the marketplace and you're building your brand and you're building your reputation. Um, you can do thought leadership stuff. You can do all this. And it makes sense. And I do all of it. But your reputation is one conversation at a time. How do you treat people? How do you follow up? How, how do you represent the brand that you're touting, right, on social media, on web and all these things? And do people feel that, right, when they interact with you?
1: That's great. That is some next level relationship building right there. Um, So I I appreciate the advice. Don, thanks so much for having me on your show and uh, and learning more about selling to Vito and uh, and selling into the C-suite. This has been so powerful.
0: Thanks, Jason, for pulling it out of me. And uh, it's a lot of fun, and I continue to enjoy working with you and and couldn't be more excited about what you're doing at AirFluence.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for joining us on High Octane Leadership with Donald Thompson. Today's episode is a step in our collective journey towards leadership excellence. Remember, every story we share and every insight we gain is a piece in the puzzle of our leadership journey. For more insight and detail, hit the subscribe button so that we can stay connected. For deeper information and more episodes, go to DonaldThompson.com. Continue to lead with vision and purpose, and until we meet again, embrace your role as a high-octane leader in the ever-evolving world of business.